Cruz and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show with Tim Ring filling in. Of course, the news of the day, you just heard it in the Sports Center update a second ago. Devin Booker is going to be reevaluated in four weeks with a left groin strain that he suffered in the Christmas night game against the Denver Nuggets. Of course, four weeks is a long time, maybe longer than some of us were expecting. And now the Suns have to deal without being with their all-everything guard for the, at least the next month, maybe more. Earlier today, we had Suns president of basketball operations and general manager James Jones on the show. And, of course, the main topic was Devin Booker. Before we dive into the Booker news, I, I want to talk about last night's game for just a moment because that was truly, I thought, one of the best efforts of the year with as shorthanded as you were and to not even need a Mikel Bridges or a DeAndre Eaton or a Chris Paul in the fourth quarter of that game. From your perspective, was that one of the best efforts of the season? It was. It was satisfying. It was gratifying to watch those guys com- display collective grit and and to play with an edge. You know, I thought the first time we played Memphis, our guys played smooth. Um, we came out and, and they played with an edge. And I thought we went into Memphis yesterday shorthanded, but really committed to you know the game plan and competing. You know, the guys were flying all over the place. You know, they were attacking, they were aggressive, uh, but more importantly, they were having fun. And, and then we had D. Wash show up and have a, a big game. You know, he's He's, he's a joy to watch because the kid plays with so much energy, uh, with so much joy. And, and when we're clicking like that, we're a tough team to beat regardless of who's in the lineup. You know, James, when you, when you, when you pulled Booker off the road, uh, you know, you got the sense, okay, that this might be more serious than just a, a you know, a, a minor strain. Uh, were your worst fears realized? Were you surprised that it, that it is something that now is going to be reevaluated? And that's the scary word. Not even back in a month, reevaluated in a month. So it's no guarantee he's back in a month. Uh, so, yeah, your reaction to how this all kind of went down. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough to lose book. Um, he's he's uh, he's book. You know, you, you've seen time and time again what he means to the team and what he, how how dynamic he makes us. But um, you know, it's 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 one of those tough spots where it could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, it, it could have been something that kept him out for the entire year. Um, and instead, it's it's something that you know is going to put him out for a month, and and we'll reevaluate it because we just want to make sure we we take our time. We're still taking a long term approach. You know, this isn't about the next two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. This is about the next year, four or five years, six years and beyond. And and with that in mind, we're, we're going to make sure he's right. But for our team in the short term, it's going to require us to, to kind of hold it together as we get a lot of our guys back. Um, we should have a, a few of our guys coming back soon, and, and that should help us buoy uh, the team. But uh, there's no, no replacing what Book gives us. Is, is the hope there, though, that this truly is just four weeks, or is it really a moving target the way you suggest? Uh, no, I just when we say evaluate in four weeks, we're going to evaluate in four weeks. You know, there's a lot of progress that can be made over the next, you know, two to three, four weeks. And so to be be honest and transparent, we just want to make sure we have a, an accurate timeline that doesn't that doesn't put pressure on either side of the recovery. Yeah, James, you got the All Star break hanging out there too. I mean, those listen. The good news is it's also it's December. Uh, I mean, there's there, there, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. 
played. And the important thing is to have Devin Booker healthy uh, for the stretch run. Personnel-wise, though, how does it change the complexion of the basketball team? I, I love what Monty did last night, playing two bigs to offset what Memphis brings to the to the table from a lineup standpoint. But clearly, that's probably a one-off. Do you see it's just a matter of Shamit kind of playing those Booker minutes, or how do you think Monty and you guys will play it going forward? I mean, well, I think it's an, an opportunity, or it's, it's going to be a challenge, and you know, we'll have to, to figure that that problem out. Like, we may have to shift and, and play two man lineups, two big lineups, uh, even when we aren't going against an opponent that that plays two bigs, um, because the roster will dictate, you know, the rotations will dictate how you put it all together. Um, so it's, like I said, it's it's going to be a little hazy, a little fuzzy right now, uh, but eventually we'll get back to being whole, and, and we'll put together our team so that we can finish strong because that's important um, and not discounting right now like it's important that we continue to win these games and and, and, and grow um, but as far as Devin and, and rushing him back and you know the time we've been taking to get our guys back into the fold uh, we're trying to balance that the short term and the long term and for us right now um, it's all hands on deck, deck and we figure out uh, what it takes night in and night out to, to put ourselves in a position to win a game when it comes James Jones our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show when it comes to re- Reinforcing the short term, does this increase urgency now for you to to make a roster move, make a personnel move, make a trade? The Jay Crowder situation obviously still kind of lingers. There are other possibilities for you as well. Does the Devin Booker news change the equation for you in terms of how you kind of compute when you're going to do and what you're going to do? No, I mean, I don't think from day one it hasn't been uh, dictated by the players. It's been dictated by the opportunities. And and so my focus on continuing to think about how I can build the team for the long term to finish strong, that's at an all-time high. Um, So this doesn't change that. Um, Internally, it it puts pressure on how we use what we currently have. But it's not not, not one of those things that, that forces our hands and, and has us out there scrambling to do whatever we can possibly do uh, because you know it's about what's, what we can do that's going to make us the best team at the end of the season. James, it seems like it would be a really, really great time though to get some good Cam Johnson news or any Cam Johnson news about a potential return. Anything you can tell us here today in late December about a return to the court for Cam? No, I don't. I don't. I don't have anything that I can give you. Um, the best news I can give you is one of these days we'll say he's he's back, and uh, <laughs> until then we're we're still just progressing forward. Um, he's getting better every day. I'm, I'm pretty sure people have seen him on the court, ramping up his on court stuff. But um, we still have a c- couple more hurdles to, to to cross. But when we do, we'll let you know. How about campaign? Same question, but but different cam. Uh, he's getting there. He, he's. I mean, I, I would say that. I'd say he's closer than Cam Johnson, but um, he, he's, he's getting back. Same thing on the floor, moving around, um, getting reps. And so I hope to have him some. Hope to have him sometime soon. Hey James, on a, on a happier note, back to the game last night because I do actually want to ask you about Dwayne Washington Jr. I mean, on a night when his team needed something special and needed offense and needed somebody to make plays, I mean that was 
simply awesome. I mean, he he he, he did a Steph Curry uh, impersonation out there last night. Then he played point guard down the stretch because his team needed him to do it. When you're watching a game like that, it, this is your business. It's your job. But do you do you become a fan? And uh, damn, Dwayne, all right. I mean, that, all right. I mean, there has to be a part of you that's like, oh, okay, Dwayne. Well, you know me. I'm I'm an offensive player. You know, I was a shooter, and I, I love guys that are, that have high confidence and that have the audacity to take tough shots. And 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 that's what Dwayne does. And, and that's what's refreshing about him is, you know, he takes some shots. You're like, whoa, what are you doing? Um, but you understand he believes that he can he can make those shots, and he's been making them. And his aggressive nature offensively complements our team. Uh, we're a team of structure. You know, we're a team of design. And and a lot of times you need guys that can break that design and he has enough confidence to, to always believe no, no matter who's on the floor with him if it's Devin if it's Chris if it's D.A. Mikel that he's the guy that should break it and nights like last night um, he did a, a tremendous job um, just being himself and, and that willed us to a win. James Jones last one for you here before we let the president of basketball ops and the GM of the Suns go and, and since I forced him into asking a tough question earlier I'll go ahead and take a tough one here at the end on the way out the door. Is there any internal organizational regret that Devin Booker played in that game on Christmas Day in terms of aggravating an injury that was there and, and how that might have affected him or what's going on now with this timeline he's got for his return? No, I mean, any time anytime our players get hurt, um, if they're completely healthy, if they're you know banged up, if they're coming back from injury, uh, internally you always think about what can you do better. Um, that's just the nature of, of, of the team. We never want to see our guys get hurt, never want to see our guys get injured. Um, but you try to balance that with you know a, a player's ability to perform and their desire to play. And uh, you know you just do the best you can. But for us, it's you know. We're always consciously trying to make sure that we're not putting our guys at risk. And when guys get injured, you know, the, the players play, the organizations, you know, we're there to, to help and support them. So, yeah. So um, in your, in, no in your evaluation, um, he was fortunate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, in your evaluation, yeah. he was good to play. He was he was good to go on Christmas Day. Yeah, he was. He was good to play. That was James Jones on with us earlier here on the Arizona Sports Line. Of course, Devin Booker out, reevaluated for the next four weeks as the Suns. They are in Washington in a game that's just about to get underway. We'll keep you updated on that game over the course of the day. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, of course, the big news today from the Cardinals, J.J. Watt held his press conference and officially talked about his decision to retire. Also news from the Cardinals. The starting quarterback this week against the Atlanta Falcons and also starting wide receiver and whether he is entering the final chapter of his career with the Cardinals. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tim Ring in for Gambo. Phoenix Suns uh, losing 12-4 to early to the Washington Wizards. Oh, no! <laughs> they can't win without Booker! <laughs> John Landale getting the start again tonight like he did last Panic night. Panic button! Which one is it? The dump button. And no, that is... <laughs> hey! 
<laughs> I can't believe you went there earlier in the show. It's one of the, oh, is that what that button is for? See, we, we, the, the idea is you start low, and it can only get better. Well, boy, you proved that to be correct earlier in the show today. <laughs> the potty talk from... No. <laughs> There's a dump button on the panel. Yeah. <laughs> what it does is it eliminates the last seven seconds of audio that you're listening to right now in your car in case my normal co-host, John Gambadoro, decides to let an F-bomb fly, which has been known to happen from time to time, accidentally, of course. It is not paging everybody else on the show the need to use the restroom. It's not the purpose of that button. It is to eliminate seven seconds. It might even be ten seconds of audio now. Have we changed the the tech? Is it I think it's two separate sequences of five. Oh, good, perfect. Just in case. Just in case. So if Gambo does swear, who who's in charge of hitting the dump? Is it you, Mitchy Mitch? It's okay. Mitch, but I've got one here too, so I can, if I need to, I can hit it. Can't double dump though. Then it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> The double dump. It's not like launching a submarine. You both need to turn your keys. That's right. Confirm the order. The order is confirmed. Launch your missiles. Uh, All right. So the Arizona Cardinals today, J.J. Watt went into great detail as to why he decided to retire. And, of course, these last two games, both on the road against Atlanta, against San Francisco, um, uh, they're... From a football standpoint, obviously, the truly the only thing at this point to watch for is to see where the Cardinals end up in the draft. And, and in that regard, strictly in that regard, that makes this game in particular against Atlanta kind of a big one in the sense that right now they're sitting sixth in the NFL draft order, and the Cardinals are sitting fourth. And, and I mean, we had Mike Rothstein on earlier. He covers the Falcons for ESPN. He doesn't think the Falcons are looking for a quarterback this year in the draft, but he can't say that he knows for sure that they're not. And so draft positioning, I know the draft is still four months away, and I know there's a million things that are going to happen, but draft positioning, where you end up, who's making the pick, are you in a position that teams want to move up to to get the quarterback of their dreams, and can you parlay that into multiple picks? These are things that are very much going to matter a couple of months from now, right? And and I think as far as the interest in this game goes, you've got two top six teams in the NFL draft right now who are squaring off on Sunday. It's kind of one of those games to watch for that reason, right? Yeah, and looking ahead of the draft, now, if if somebody offers the Cardinals a, a haul, no matter where they're picking, let's say they're picking uh, three or four or five or wherever, you entertain dropping down, right? But if you're going to stay where you're at, clearly you're not selecting a quarterback. Clearly you've got your eye on either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. If you're picking fourth, you know, there's a chance both those guys will be off the board, mm-hmm. and depending on who's picking one, two, or three. Clearly Bryce Young will be off the board if the Texans go in that direction, which they probably will. If you read every mock draft and knowing their need for a quarterback and how highly regarded Bryce Young is. Right. Boy, if the Cardinals are sitting there at four and you miss out on Anderson and Carter, that would that would really I'm going somewhere with this. That would that would be a tough one to, to swallow. It it kind of makes me I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little surprised organizationally they're gonna go with Colt McCoy this this Sunday. 
I know, I know he's he's cleared protocol, and I, I know he's healthy, and he's your number two quarterback, which makes him now number one. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that, that Mike Bidwell, for a variety of reasons, including the NFL draft, has not said, let's go with Trace on Sunday. Yeah. No, I, I really am. No, you took the cue. That's exactly where I wanted to go this segment, because today, really am. Cliff Kingsbury announced that Colt McCoy is good to go on Sunday. Start this week, so um, cleared the concussion protocol and, and feels good. Colt says he wants to be a part of these last two games. We're going for one goal. That's to win the game, and you know we've got a lot of we've had a lot of things go on this year that that we can't control, and um, ball hasn't bounced our way sometimes. But we're going to fight, and I want to be a part of that. Like you, I'm surprised because there was a window there for you to say, "Hey, he's in concussion protocol, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. We want to make sure he's okay, he's healthy. But we want to give Trace McSorley another look. I mean, I, I think even when Cliff was on with you, I, I asked him point blank. I said, what are those discussions like? Now, I was very careful. I didn't say, now, Cliff, the game is meaningless. I would never say that. I think I phrased it like, well, there's, you know, it's not exactly a playoff spot on the line. Mm -hmm. But what you call a window is very accurate. You could also make a case, like, it's it's a window, but it's also legitimate. Colt McCoy is, is 36 years of age, and he is coming off a concussion. And most of your offensive line is hurt, except for Beecham, and he's hurt. So it's a patchwork offensive line. I'm a little worried about Colt McCoy's safety. Like that's a legitimate element sure. to this decision. So you factor, you put that in the bag, uh-huh. you put in your decision bag. Like who should we start at quarterback? All right, Colt's 36. We kind of know what he can do. And I don't want to hear about let's give Colt McCoy some reps so he can be better prepared for September you know, no. 12th. Give no. me a break. The guy's been in the league for like 13 years. He doesn't need these reps right now. I'll give you another compelling argument, I think, at least for Trace McSorley. Okay, you go on to next year. Let's assume Kyler Murray's not ready to go at the start of the season. Okay, Colt McCoy's under a two-year contract. He's probably your starter next year. Unless you go out and do something different, you're probably penciling in Colt McCoy to start two, three, four, five, however many games necessary. You could very easily make the argument, you know what, we're going to start Trace McSorley for these last two games because we want to know if he's got the stuff to be Colt McCoy's backup next year for those two or three or four or five games, right? You could, you yes. could easily sell that as a, we're starting Trace McSorley these last two weeks because dot, 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 and you give that reason. And it's also a legitimate reason. It's legitimate. And all, I mean, of, because- and all of that then goes under the umbrella for, for, for Michael Bidwell. The, the better the betterment of the organization long term is to get the highest pick possible. Absolutely. So you're doing, you're doing good stuff for your quarterback room and the potential health of your older quarterback, but also doing the best thing possible for your organization and that maybe you're putting the quarterback who doesn't give you the the best chance to win uh, the football game uh, on Sunday. Let me throw one more thing at you too, Dave, in terms of a Mike Bidwell decision here. Who's to say Cliff Kingsbury is the coach next year? And if Cliff Kingsbury's not the coach, who's to say the new head coach wants Colt McCoy as his quarterback? I don't know. And who's to say Colt McCoy wants to learn a new offense at the age of 37, which he will be going into next year? But you know who will be here no matter what? Mike Bidwell, and he's going to want the best draft pick possible next April. 
So I'm a little surprised organizationally they're not going with Nick Sorley for all the stuff. We I, just I, I was, I was too. I really was because I, I, I think, I mean, at this point, like we've had this conversation so many times, it's impossible for me to root against my team for three hours on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday morning. But while I accept them losing as the best possible outcome, oh, you're damn right, I will. Great way to look at it. I, I mean, I'll, I'll do that. I'll say, yep, that was the best thing that could have happened is them losing that game. And, and while I won't root for that to happen for three hours, if that does happen on Sunday, I'll be very glad that it did. And either way, at 2 o'clock, you're a happy guy. <laughs> and either way, at 2 o'clock, I'm a happy guy. Speaking of which, I teased this a little bit. There was a tweet sent out by the Twitter account NFL Rumors, at NFL Rooms, um, and it tweeted out, with not many wide receivers on the market the offseason, a name to watch is Arizona Cardinals' DeAndre Hopkins, as the team reportedly could unload some contracts this offseason. Hashtag NFL rumors. I'll give you one guess who liked that tweet. DeAndre Hopkins. No, we did not. Yes, he did. That's what you call a tease. Yes, he did. DeAndre Hopkins liked that tweet. Oh, we got time to talk about this for a couple of minutes. We, we were, I wanted to talk about the cold thing and I wanted to talk about this. So I thought that was a tease. No, All right. no, no. You want to get right into it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Well, now that you mention it, <laughs> I, I, I have heard from, from a former player, um, who, who is close to Hopkins that, that Hopkins wouldn't mind playing someplace else next year. Now, that's not a report. I would never put that on Twitter because that's more secondhand knowledge. But now that Hopkins has gone ahead and liked that tweet about getting put on the market, I feel it's apropos to pass along what I had heard. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that, that, that the, the, the losing has weighed on him tremendously. Listen. He may have he may have thought that on a on a bad day. Maybe he'll change his mind. But yeah, Hopkins has thought about maybe playing someplace else next year. Yeah, I would be immensely unsurprised to see him not be on this roster next year. Yeah, I mean it would just be one of the like it's almost it's almost gotten to this point where him not being on this roster next year has morphed into an expectation. It's not even a, you know, hey, keep your eye on this. This might happen. That, to me, almost has now become an expectation that he won't be on the roster Do next you year. think Chris Collinsworth's comments at the end of the Sunday night game were really directly in regards to DeAndre Hopkins? It could have been about, De- could have been about J.J. Watt at the time. It could have been about a lot of guys, but when Collinsworth said at some point during that broadcast on NBC that it might be in the best interest for the Cardinals to kind of have a salary cap reset year next year, the first name I thought of, the first name I thought of was DeAndre Hopkins. Without question. It was, in fact, in some ways, it was the only name I thought of. I was trying to think, like, who else would you put into that category? I mean, there's a bunch of guys who are going to be free agents anyway, but he's not. Um, yeah, it's the first name I thought of when he said that. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gap, now it's time for the tease part of the show You here. can't do better than a Hopkins I, no, I really, to be traded I, tease. I really can't. <laughs> Sean Payton likely going to have a big decision to make this offseason. There are a fresh batch of rumors about Denver, about New Orleans, that you want to hear if you're interested in Sean Payton coming here. That's next, Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
right, uh, give you an update on the Suns game real quick. It is 31-19 with a minute and a half to go in the first quarter. Kyle Kuzma, is he auditioning for his next team? He's got 11 points so far on 4 of 7 from the floor. They're plus 15 when he's been on the floor. For the Suns, they're being paced by Mikel Bridges. He's got 7 to start. DeAndre Eaton's got 4. Jock Landale got the start tonight for the Suns uh, to go big again tonight. But the Suns right now losing by 13 points with about a minute to go in the first quarter of the game. As Tim and I were talking during the break just a second ago, I know it's tough on the second night of a back-to-back, but in this stretch that you've got without Devin Booker, you got to win the winnable ones, and tonight is one of the very few games you can look on the schedule and say, okay, they should win that game, because there aren't that many, and so this is, again, it's going to be tough on the second night of a back-to-back. This is one of those games that, if you're really trying to stay afloat without Devin Booker, it'd be nice to get one tonight. Yeah, it's a, it's about stacking up as many wins as possible, right? And we talked about, you know, between now and the All-Star break, 26 games, and if you want to finish 500, you got to win 13. So you say to yourself, okay, where are these 13 wins coming from? And you play a team like the Wizards, and even though they just beat the Suns at footprint about a week ago, you look at a team that's 14 and 21. As you said, Dave, they're coming off a of back to back talking about the Suns, but like you're like, ah, you know, try to go get that one. Because there's going to be some games that are going to be really, really, really tough to win. No doubt. All right, so two games left to go for the Cardinals this season. And, of course, the Sean Payton speculation has been a fever pitch, really, for the last month or so since they were first linked together in that ESPN.com report. It feels like we haven't gone a week without at least mentioning Sean Payton's name once or twice. And, of course, nobody knows how this is going to end. Uh, it, it feels like we're trending towards a, a redo over there with the Cardinals, a rebuild with the Cardinals starting over, but we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Cliff. We don't know what's going to happen with Steve. But Sean Payton being linked to the Cardinals certainly has whetted the appetite of a lot of Cardinal fans out there. So in that regard, there were a couple of there were a couple of items of news here that I thought we should pass along as we all try to figure out what's going to be next for the Cardinals and what's going to be next for Sean Payton. I want to start with this report from ProFootballTalk.com in which Mike Florio, the head writer over there, the founder of the website, wrote today, quote, there's a growing school of thought in league circles that Sean Payton, if he coaches in 2023, will return to the New Orleans Saints. One source with a finger firmly on the pulse of pro football told PFT that it's currently, quote, the worst kept secret in league circles, close quote that he would go back. And then he went so far as to link the dots, saying, oh, by the way, Tom Brady is a free agent at the end of the season. He can go anywhere. There's also been this thought that Sean Payton and Tom Brady kind of want to go out together. Why not Tom Brady in New Orleans playing for Sean Payton? That, and I, I, To the point where, to put a bow on this, there was a report from a gentleman who covers the Saints. His name is Nick Underhill. He reported today via his Twitter account that despite growing buzz that Dennis Allen is in trouble, from what he understands, Dennis Allen isn't going anywhere, and Sean Payton isn't going to be the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Well, that would be interesting, because I can say with great certainty, if Dennis Allen is still the head coach of the Saints next year, Sean Payton will not be. So, (laughs) yes. I do. You are correct, sir. Well, and I and I and I say that 
tongue in cheek because Nick Underhill is basically throwing a a wet blanket over the. It's the worst kept secret. Yes, in the NFL, he's, he's, Sean I, Payton is going back to New Orleans next year. It's it's behind a paywall. I can't read it. I'll just read you the tweet from Nick Underhill. He just writes, despite growing Sean Payton buzz, it would be a surprise if Dennis Allen is not the coach of the Saints next year. And obviously, he's hearing the same thing that Florio Pro Football Talk is is hearing, and he felt like he had to throw that wet blanket on it. Yep, nope, not happening. And he and he probably he probably is well sourced up in the Saints organization. And when mm-hmm. something like that breaks, a guy like Underhill, and I don't know Nick Underhill, but when he puts his reputation on the line and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, everybody, calm the Sean Payton waters," I, I'm well sourced in this organization, and I'm being told it's a little bit like when Gambo, when when, when, when national writers say that. Uh, give me a name. Uh, uh, John Collins is coming to the Suns. There you go. Or Eric Gordon's coming to the Suns. Gamble goes, Gamble goes straight to his source and says, not happening. Guess what? It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Right? Yeah. Because the national guys are getting it from God knows where, and Gamble goes right to the source. Nick Underhill may be a Gamble in New Orleans. He's got he's got people. Yeah. Right? In this, We're not firing Dennis Allen. So this is Sean Payton stuff. It, 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 it's not possible in the physical universe. We're not firing our coach. Because Underhill's not going to combat Florio and these, these, you know, he's a, he's a local guy. Right. He's like, hey, I got it. Allen's not going anywhere. Yep. So the Payton thing is now still dangling out there, right? It is. As, it, as, as, as the world turns for, for, the, for the services of Sean Payton. Well, and it, and it, again, it's just nothing. Of course, we don't know anything. All, all we're trying to do is like trying to solve this puzzle here, right? And, and you know, we, we talked a little bit yesterday about the L.A. Chargers. You would think on the surface them clinching a playoff spot would take them out of the running for Sean Payton. But as you astutely pointed out, not necessarily. You would think we know better than to know that the Dallas Cowboys being in the playoffs eliminates the Cowboys from the Sean Payton sweepstakes. We know that's not the truth. If they lose the first playoff game they play, I don't think anybody would be surprised to see Jerry Jones make a full blank check play to go get Sean Payton on his route. Now, the other story that caught my eye, now again, this is coming from ProFootballTalk.com, but I thought this was really, really interesting too. They took a quote from Greg Penner. He's the Broncos CEO. He's part of that Walmart ownership group that came in and paid God only knows how much for that organization. Quote, I've worked with a lot of great CEOs, and it starts with really strong leadership, Penner said regarding the coaching position. That's going to be the most critical factor here in a head coach. Obviously, the X's and O's are important, but we need a strong leader for this organization that's focused on winning. That starts with culture. It's instilling a sense of accountability and discipline. We need an identity on offense. At the starting point, it has to be about culture and leadership. Those characteristics are what will be focused on the most. Some have interpreted that quote as we're going to give the coach the power. The coach is going to be the CEO. George Payton, the current general manager in Denver, he's not going to be the creator of the culture. He's not going to be the the CEO of our organization. We are looking for a CEO of our football operations. Some have interpreted that to mean that he'll have a position of power over the general manager there. I read that story. First thing I thought of was Sean Payton. You know, like, okay, does that mean they're in the Sean Payton running? Does that mean they want him there? They also suggested in the story Jim Harbaugh as a guy maybe for Denver. Because apparently Condoleezza Rice is one of the co-owners of the Broncos. 
And she was affiliated with Sanford when Harbaugh was there. I mean, so everyone's trying yes, to connect the dots. and There is a connection figure there. Figure out this mystery of where Sean Payton's going to go. And there's always John Elway, while not the GM there anymore, will always have a place with the Broncos in terms of influence, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And there's definitely a, an Elway-Harbaugh connection. I, I don't know Stanford. if that quote means that... But then what is Broncos, George Payton going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is it you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your name is Michael Bolton? <laughs> hey, we got to get rid of this Peyton guy. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> what is it you say you do here? <laughs> That's great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with an office space I, reference every now and then. That's good. That's really, really good. Sean Peyton writes down who he wants drafted. I take the cards to the commissioner. Yeah. I'm a people person. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in, in in pro football talk doesn't really make doesn't doesn't reach that conclusion doesn't doesn't answer the obvious question. Well, then what does that mean for George Payton? You know, he, they said they're going to retain him. They said he's still going to be the general manager. Are you hiring a coach that's going to have final roster say over? I, I I don't know. All I know is that when when pro football talk kind of made that connection, I I know what they were trying to say. They were trying to basically say, don't rule Sean Payton out of Denver because the new owner is making it sound like he wants to hire a coach who's basically going to be the CEO of the operation and. Guy, the guy who's going to be in charge of the operation. Sounds like he's directly speaking to Sean Payton with that quote, doesn't it? Like a little bit. Like, hey, come on, you can, you can. Yeah. I'll give you the power. I'll give you the. And I'm, hey, I'm Walmart guy. Got God knows power, I can yeah. pay you. God knows I can write you a check to come here if you want. It does. It does sound like he's speaking to, or even a Jim Harbaugh because Harbaugh, if he's going to leave Michigan. He's got to be in town by now, right? I'm sure he is. Oh, he's here. Oh, yeah, he's here. He's listening. Okay. Tell him. Hi, Go tell him directly. I know. Um, <laughs> if he's going to leave Michigan, it's going to require a, it's going to require power and it's going to be money, right? I mean, that's... First you get the money, then you get the power. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a break. <laughs> Office space and Scarface. <laughs> Same segment. I'm in heaven. It's Nirvana on the radio with Tim Ring. I got an Office space and... Scarface reference in the same segment. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Devin Booker leaving a massive hole on the Phoenix Suns roster that is once again being felt tonight. We'll update you on the Suns game, and we'll talk about how the Suns are going to replace Devin Booker for the next month or so. Next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, Suns-Wizards on right now. We'll give you an update on that game in just a moment. Locally, that is it. The Coyotes are back at it tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, welcome back home. I wonder how he'll enjoy playing in Mullet Arena in front of 4,700 people, all of which are probably his best friends in the whole world, right? He'll single-handedly fill that arena with just every person he knows in Scottsdale. I'll just come out and see him tomorrow night. It's interesting. We had you know, we had Lawson Krause out. He was talking about, you know, they're 5-1-1 one one since the end of the 
He was saying, yeah, I think opposing teams come in and they're kind of like, he didn't really want to say it, but they're probably like, what the hell is this? What is this? Is this and he, thinks, it, he thinks it's an advantage for the Coyotes. I guess so, but uh, Toronto in town tomorrow. And then, let's see, I'm just looking to see if bowl games are your thing. Well, you know, we got a Pac-12 team in action tonight. Yes, we uh, do. Oregon in North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. This is typically... I'll be honest, this is usually one of my favorite bowl games of the year. The Holiday Bowl usually is kind of a good game. Typically. I like, I like the Holiday Bowl. I mean, you know, listen, as we get closer to this weekend, the games get historically a little better. Right? Some bigger yeah. bigger name teams. Totally. So, yeah, you, look, you got Drake May, quarterback in North Carolina. He's a really good player. And then you got Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Now, Ole Miss... Uh, in Texas Tech, Elaine Kiffin and Texas Tech have some good offense tonight. That's going on ESPN. That's the Texas Bowl. Yeah. So those are those are the. I was looking to see what games are on. All right, tomorrow. All right, so tomorrow's not a bad. See, they, 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 they get a little bit better the closer we get to this weekend. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, you're right. No, I was just I was looking to see. I know what you were saying. I, I just was looking to see. Okay, what's like what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Oklahoma and Florida State. Tomorrow's Texas and UW at the Alamo Bowl. That's that's, de- that's decent stuff. All right, there we go. All right, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Those you know, teams that we've you know heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, tomorrow uh, you. You'll be filling in for Gambo again, but you'll also be hosting. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah. The the Verbo Fiesta Bowl kind of press conference with the coaches. So it's Fiesta Bowl Media Day. Now, it's a little like the Super Bowl. Every day is a media day. They're always available every day. But tomorrow's the official media day. And the good people at the Fiesta Bowl, Scott Lightman and his team, decided that, hey, let's do a Fiesta Bowl, Verbo Fiesta Bowl Media Day show. So Max Starks, our friend, and Sarah Cazell, our friend, and myself are going to host the very first Fiesta Bowl Media Day show. It'll Fantastic. be it'll be streamed. Okay, available. Go to my Twitter account at TimRingTV. I just tweeted out the link uh, via the Fiesta Bowl, and we're going to build a show around TCU's media availability at around eight thirty for about an hour, and then we're going to come back for about an hour for Michigan's availability at noon. Fantastic. So and Max Starks will be breaking it down. We'll hear from Sonny Dykes, from Jim Harbaugh. Sarah's going to have select interviews with some Horned Frog players and some Wolverine players and all that good stuff. That's great. So that's on tomorrow, 8.30 for tomorrow, TCU. 8.30 for TCU, and then come on a little bit before Jim Harbaugh at noon, so like 11.45. Okay. It's almost like two different shows. And the link can be found on your Twitter, at Tim Ring TV. At Tim Ring TV for the link, or the Fiesta Bowl Twitter account, probably even easier. Okay, there you go. That, that'll be on tomorrow. On tonight right now is the Washington Wizards beating the Phoenix Suns. The Wizards already have 56 points. There's still five minutes to go in the first half of the game. 56-42, the Suns are losing right now to the Washington Wizards in this game. Wizards are shooting 65% from the floor. And it's not like they're going crazy from the distance either. It's, it's a lot of paint points. It's a lot of interior stuff that's going on right now. Kyle Kuzma, so much conversation about him. He's got 13 points in 13 minutes. He's 5 of 8 from the floor for the Suns. Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, they're doing what they can. Bridges has 12. Ayton has 10. Dwayne Washington is not repeating his magical night from last night. So far, he only has 4 points on the evening as the Suns are down 14 points in this one. Monty went for the second straight night with the essentially one guard lineup. Chris Paul, 
two centers, two forwards. Now, it worked last night, and they did it with a purpose last night because the Grizzlies start two monsters in Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams. So DeAndre Ayton needed some help, and it paid off. I'm surprised Monty actually ran it back tonight. I thought that might be just a one-off given, yeah. the, given the personnel of the opponent. But Monty probably figured, hey, listen, we just won a game. Let's let's stick until it doesn't work. Well, it's not working so far tonight. Yeah. And, of course, if you're just tuning in, I would imagine by now you've probably heard the news. But if you're a Suns fan and you haven't, Devin Booker, the organization announced today, Devin Booker will be reevaluated four weeks from now. We've already kind of done the math on this one, and we've taken a good hard look at the schedule. The schedule does the Suns no favors. I mean, if you just assume he doesn't play for the next month, that's roughly 15 games. Those are 15. Really tough games. They play Cleveland twice in there. They've got Memphis twice in there. They've got Dallas. They've got Brooklyn. They've got the Miami Heat. It's not kind to them. Tim has ascertained, and I totally agree. You got to basically play 500 basketball without him until around the All Star break or so, assuming that you really take your time to make sure Booker's all right. You bring him back after the All Star break. You've got 22 games left. You make a push, you try to get to 50 wins, you get to 50 wins, you're probably the four or the five seed in the Western Conference, and you most likely stay out of the play-in tournament. That is the Tim Ring plan. I endorse the Tim Ring plan because I think think that's how you survive without him. I think that's a very realistic goal, if not plan. Now, if you could do a couple games better than 500, even better. If you can't, then you even got to do better than 17 and 5 in those final 22 to get to 50. And 50 doesn't even guarantee you a, a four seed. So, oh, no. no. So, I mean, you know, this is the hand we've been dealt. You got to play it. Got to figure it Period. out. Period. Tim's back in for Gambo tomorrow. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.